Welcome to A Break in the Action, where we take a break from the business of our days to focus on outdoor pursuits and the traditional sporting lifestyle. Join us for discussion and interviews on vintage and modern break-action shotguns, sporting literature, outdoor leisure, and reviews of best-in-class gear, accessories, and destinations. So pour yourself a drink, sit back, relax, and let's take a break in the action. Now here's your host, shotgun collector, wing shooter, and sporting clays enthusiast, Ryan Dowdy. Upland bird hunting demands hunters make important decisions with regards to their equipment. Among these choices, selecting the appropriate shotgun gauge holds significant importance. The ongoing debate between 28 gauge and 20 gauge shotguns is a testament to the nuances that define success and the enjoyment of the sport. Today we're going to delve into the key differences between these two gauges, exploring their strengths, limitations, and suitability in various hunting scenarios. The 28 gauge, characterized by a bore diameter of approximately .550 inches, is often revered for its remarkable attributes that cater to the unique challenges of upland bird hunting. Historically, its standout feature has been its reduced recoil, a characteristic that stems from the smaller size of both the gauge and the shells that it utilizes. This lower recoil not only contributes to a more pleasant shooting experience, but also allows for quicker follow-up shots, a critical advantage when engaging agile and evasive game birds. For hunters who prioritize accuracy during rapid shooting sequences, the 28 gauge shines. However, it's worth noting that the 28 gauge does have its limitations. Its smaller size can affect the amount of shot it delivers, potentially impacting its effectiveness at longer distances and with larger game birds. Furthermore, its lightweight and maneuverable design makes it a great choice for navigating through dense cover and varied terrains. Its compact nature allows hunters to shoulder the shotgun swiftly and negotiate tight spaces with ease. In scenarios where game birds flush suddenly and unpredictably, the agility provided by the 28-gauge shotgun is invaluable. The 20-gauge has a slightly larger bore diameter of approximately .615 inches and occupies a middle ground between the smaller 28-gauge and the more robust 12-gauge. It offers a compelling compromise between power and versatility. One of its key strengths is its versatility in handling various hunting scenarios. The 20-gauge shotgun strikes a balance between recoil and impact on the target, enabling effective shots at both close and moderate ranges. The increased payload and range of the 20-gauge compared to the 28-gauge make it suitable for a broader range of game bird species and hunting environments, from navigating dense underbrush to taking longer shots across open fields. The 20-gauge shotgun's adaptability ensures that hunters are prepared for a multitude of situations. So, for the single shotgun or single gauge hunter, which is the superior choice? Shotgun and shot shell manufacturers and shotgun columnists have lately been boasting some pretty impressive claims about the 28 gauge. Are they realistic, or is this just a way to encourage you to look over the new 28 gauge shotguns they're marketing? I'm joined today by Greg Elliott and Phil Borgeli, each a shotgun expert in his own right. 
We're going to try to cut through what is fiction and get to the facts about the 28 gauge as a legitimate do almost everything choice. Okay, so let's roll up our sleeves and get into this, guys. Uh, do you mind introducing yourselves? I'm Phil Borgeli. I am the shotgun columnist for Field and Stream and Ducks Unlimited magazine. And I'm Greg Elliott. Uh, let's see, officially, I'm, uh, I think I'm an editor, editor, a large shooting sportsman. Uh, and I write for some other magazines. I've written for Covey Rise, Project Upland, a few other publications. Uh, so, and I always write about guns pretty much. Oh, and I have a blog too. I'm sorry. D- dogs and doubles. So dogs and doubles.com. That's my other thing. <laughs> awesome. So. so, so Phil, Greg has been on the podcast before and we chat often. So I think I know where he stands on the topic of 28 versus 20 gauge, but I've asked you to join us to antagonize him a little bit and make the case for the 28 gauge shotgun and shot shell. Um, when I Googled your name and 28 gauge, there, there were several articles uh, that you have written and links that came up. Uh, you know, I, I didn't realize that, that I was that closely identified with the 28 gauge, but I'm, I'm ready to play that part tonight. Uh, I do shoot a 28. It's my dove gun. Uh, I have looked into 28 gauge ballistics uh, with the aid of the engineers up at the Federal Cartridge Company. And so I can speak to uh, speak to a lot of that. Perfect. So in trying to map this discussion out, I can see two main topics to discuss regarding the 28 gauge. We have the actual shotgun, the tool, and then we have the load. Um, I think that there are points to make for, and then there are points to make against um, each of these two main topics. When we start with just the topic of the shotgun, the hardware, it seems to me like that we've immediately got two variations of the 28 gauge shotgun. We have a scaled 28 gauge shotgun with dimensions, um, specifically the receiver, that were designed around a 28 gauge um, shotgun. And then we have a 28 gauge that was built more on a common framework, likely a manufacturer's existing design for their 20 gauge gun. Phil, do you wanna speak um, as to the differences in those two variations as far as just the, the hardware goes? Sure. Um, my current, actually, all the 28s that I have owned have all been true 28s. Um, that said, I think the first perfect score I ever shot on a skeet field was with a 28 gauge Browning pump, which is built on a 20 gauge frame. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with a 28 on a 20 gauge frame if you're using it to shoot targets, if you're using it to shoot doves. Uh, a lot of times, you know, 28s can be very light, and can and that can make them difficult to shoot. Uh, so, a, you know, a, a heavier 28 gauge is not a bad thing, and it is almost completely recoilless as well. So, there is, you know, there's something to be said for those guns. That uh, I prefer the feeling of a, a true 28 gauge. That's what I have, and I have a B Rosini 110, which is my dove gun. Nice gun. Um, and. Uh, I really have, I've spent my dove gun for, I bought it four seasons ago, and I've shot shot it quite a bit since then. But someone can certainly get that intended use backwards, right? I mean, if, if you're shooting a scaled 28 and you're spending a weekend shooting sporting clays with it, um, that's definitely not ideal. And, and on the other hand, if you're carrying a heavy for a 28 gauge, 
shotgun that's built on a 20 gauge frame mile after mile across the prairie or uh, in the grouse woods, you really aren't getting the benefit of a 28 gauge, right? Exactly right. Uh, my gun is, uh, I find it very easy to shoot, but one of the reasons is I ordered it with 30 inch barrels, which for a gun that weighs less than six pounds seems to make a big difference in how well I'm able to shoot it. Hey, Phil, so if I can cut in, so one, I think one thing I wanted to really talk about is, uh, so that with 28 gauge shotguns, I think they have their place and, uh, and I think they're great. It's just right now there's a huge, uh, they're incredibly popular and they're everywhere. Everyone's writing about them. Uh, and you know, some of the articles, you know, apparently, you know, one article I have open in front of me here, it says the 28 gauge shotgun can kill ducks effect as effectively as a 12 gauge. And then in parentheses, it says at modest ranges. Uh, there's another one, making the case for the 28-gauge shotgun for waterfowl hunting. And then I have another article that says, 28-gauge shotguns and the secrets of its supposed magic. I think you're familiar with that article. <laughs> um, but uh, the one thing for me about the 28-gauge is that I think nowadays it's being really touted as it can do everything. And I don't think that's true. I think it has its place, like what you're talking about. But I think there's some real myths about the 28-gauge that need to be dispelled. Um, and I was wondering if you guys wanted to talk about that a little. Just I, I think that people are taking 20 – I guess they're in my mind they're pushing it too far. And I think that's bad for a couple of reasons. I, you know, the gun's not intended for that. But I think in a lot of cases they're also wounding game because of that. It's, so I don't know if we want to speak to that or talk about it. or I think – yeah, I, I, I can I can speak to that. Um, I think uh, you know they are within reasonable ranges. You can kill ducks with them. Absolutely true. All of those, like the twenty-eight is equal to the twelve, are usually based on an, an apples to oranges comparison. Like a twenty-eight shooting heavy shot is effect, as effective as a twelve gauge shooting steel. That may be true, but you know they load heavy shot for twelve gauges too. Um, so there there is some of that. Uh, Right, right, right. And, um, right, or it's like if you shoot the 28 gauges within 10 yards. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and to get back to, to Ryan's original point, um, people like light little guns because they're fun, and I don't, and that's fine, but they don't realize that a, a heavier gun is really easier to shoot a lot of the time. It's just because you feel like you can get on birds faster with a little gun doesn't mean that you can or doesn't mean that you will shoot as well as you will with a bigger gun greg would you say that those headlines are just a form of um of clickbait uh, just put out there to try to sell more 28 gauge since that is what is apparently in vogue right now or or is it coming from actual shotgun buyers that have spent their money on the 28 and want to justify that purchase um or is it or is it some of both i get a little bit of everything i think they're i think the 28 gauges. Uh, are something that a lot of people don't have yet where they have a lot of other stuff. So it's a new thing that people can buy. Uh, it's a new type of ammo to push people into buy, into getting. So that's all good for, that's all good for manufacturers. And they're, they are probably encouraging other people to promote that idea. And it's also, I, I, I think the guns are, I think the guns have probably been overlooked for a long time too. And so it's a good story too. And there's nothing, again, within there, as long as you use them within uh, sort of their designed parameters, I think they're fine. It's just that uh, 
I so the one of the things I also see all the times they talk about twenty eights is that when they say, well, they're as good as a twelve, as long as you shoot them at close ranges, as long as you do this, as long as you do that, yada yada yada. Well, I mean, you can you can use a twenty gauge, and you don't have to think as much about all those as you know. There, there aren't as many different re, different things you have to take into consideration. You can shoot a twelve and have even fewer considerations, and. The idea that the 28 is, again, it's like the only gun you need. It can do it all. It's this magic wand, the square loads, all that stuff. Right. Uh, I have some issues with. So there's yeah. nothing magical about the 28. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, that's, yeah. that, I, I'd like to, I, I can speak to that because um, actually several years ago, and it's the only time this has ever happened, I got a call from a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, it was just uh, out of the blue, and he was a quail hunter from Texas, and he said, you need to write a column about why the 28-gauge kills so much better than it should. And I said, okay, I, I can do that. And I, I was able then to go on up to Federal and spend a couple of days with their engineers shooting a lot of patterns. Uh, and we did, and was, we did a number of different tests, but we did specifically one to see if the 28 gauge was magic and uh we loaded 410 28 20 and 12 gauge all in equivalent loads the so same shot size same shot uh similar velocities and then we patterned them all in their underground tunnel and we did high speed video of the shot strings and we timed the duration of the impact on ballistic gelatin and all this other stuff and uh what we found was a almost an exact linear correlation between bore size and pattern efficiency. So the 410 was by far the worst, and then uh, then the 28, and then the 20, and then the 12 gauge. So and at the same time, the shot strings were no shorter with the 28. So you know we we cut them open. We looked inside. There's no fairy dust in there. It's just shot and a wad and powder and a primer so that doesn't mean it's not effective it just means there's no magic i i really enjoy shooting my 28 and i think i shoot it better than i'm always surprised at at how well it works for me in the dove field but it is not because of some square load magic so let, let's back up that argument about the square load historically the term square load was used to describe the 16 gauge and the 28 gauge but that really isn't the case all the time anymore um i think i saw that in one of your articles you wrote that i came across is is that is that I right i think that i think that is correct and and i this is the problem with the internet is that everything you ever write is somewhere uh, <laughs> so that may well be true i probably said that i'm pretty sure i told people it was a square load somewhere some point in my some point in my writing career, I have perpetuated the myth of the square load, which is absolute bogus. Uh, but I've done it. Yeah. And Phil, I think I read that you had the bore diameter of the 28 gauge. It was like 0.55. And yeah. then the measurement mm -hmm. of the shot um, in the bore was, was actually longer than that or, or something like that. I thought that was interesting because I've always been under the impression that the 16 and the 28 were these mathematically perfect examples that all other loads um, could never uh, could never be? That's not what we found. Um, now, if you ask me after a day in the dove field, is my twenty-eight gauge magic? I might, if I've had a good day, I might tell you it is. Uh, 
I've shot, said since since I bought this gun four years ago. I've done all my dove hunting with it. Uh, I shoot actually steel. I shoot five eighths of an ounce of steel, and uh, and and most of the doves I shoot are over decoys. But I do reach out from time to time when they're not cooperating, and it's a very effective gun. My cripple rate is very very low, and. Uh, so I, I love shooting it. It surprises me that I shoot it as well as I can, as, as for as light a gun as it is. But uh, you know, there may be magic in it. A lot of times, the magic is not in the shot shell or the gun, but inside the shooter. And if you like that gun and you enjoy shooting it, and even if you maybe believe that the square load is is in there, you might shoot it better. Greg, who would you say is an ideal candidate for the twenty-eight gauge versus who do you think? Um, is a better buyer for the 20 gauge. So if you can have a lot of guns, I think that's a good gun for a, a good person to have a 28 gauge. Um, if you can only, so to me that, so one problem a lot, I have a, so I, to me, the, the ballistically a 20 gauge is a better gun. Um, and I think it's, and it's more versatile. I can, I can do more with it. Uh, and so uh, and when I look at a lot of 28 gauges I see out there, they weigh, you know, six pounds. And at six pounds, I can buy a 20 gauge that weighs six pounds. And so it, 20 gauges typically cost less and the ammo costs less. So if the guns weigh the same amount and, and, I, and one's, you know, cost less and the ammo is easier to find, I'm going to go with that. That's why I think a lot of times for a lot of people, the 20 gauge is fine. But if you can have, if you like having a bunch of guns, the 28 gauge is cool. You know, it, it definitely, it definitely fills a little niche. Like, and like Phil saying, it's fun to shoot. It's, uh, you know, and they're cool. They're little, you know, the, the, the ones that are, uh, I think they um, feel like your Rosini, is it like a BR 110? Those are on mm-hmm. little frames. It probably weighs like five and three quarters pounds. It does. Um, a little bit over that. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're just, they're cool little guns and that's a great look. Those are, if I were to get one, I'd buy one of those. I think those are fantastic looking guns. Everything I've heard about them has been re- very positive about the way the Rosini guns are built, the design. I think it's, I think that's a great little gun. It's just that whole notion of uh, it's not better than a 20 and a 12 is better than a 20. And it's just, it just all depends on, of course, you're not going to get a 12. If I've seen 12s that weigh five and three quarter pounds, I had a 12 that weighed under six pounds. You don't want to, you're going to want to shoot pretty light loads through that 12 and you're not going to shoot a ton of them. You know, it's because they're obviously the 12 is going to recoil more. Right. And so there's that consideration. But pattern wise, as Phil said, as you move up and gauge, your patterns become. Would you say they're more efficient, Phil? Or would you say they're. Yeah, they're more, more efficient yeah. would be the um, the way I'd put it. And I would agree with you. And, and you know, 28s are often uh, touted as good guns for beginners and. They can be, but you have to put the factor, the price of ammunition into that because one of the things about being a new shooter is you need to shoot a lot. And uh, when your shells are costing, and I, I haven't, um, what are they, 12, 30, you know, 4 or $5 more than a box of 20-gauge shells, which you can buy anywhere, um, you know, that that's a, that, <clears throat> that's a barrier to, to shooting more. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is I know it's so like with a 20 gauge, I know if I'm up in Northern Maine 
And for some reason, I actually shot all the ammo I brought, which has never happened to me in my life, or <laughs> I lost it or forgot it or something. Right. And yeah, we worry I could, about I that, could though. go to any store up there and I can find 20 gauge, two and three quarter inch ammo, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. No problem. And it's not going to cost a fortune. And I can find 12 gauge, two and three quarter inch, you know, but trying to find 16 gets a little iffy and trying to find 28 gets even iffier. So that's why I like, I really like 16s. I shoot 16s a lot, but there are limitations to them and there are scenarios that I wouldn't bring one along. Phil asked me earlier, uh, we were having a conversation. He was asking me like, if I could only have one gun, what would I, what would I do? What would I, what would I own? And I would own a 20 gauge over and under. Uh, a modern, like a Zoli or something like that there. And a big part of it is that that ammo is very easy to find. Because I went through the, you know, we're coming out of it now, but through the whole COVID thing with the RST not turning out any ammo, a lot of my guns, I there was no ammo. It doesn't matter how much I want to shoot them. You can't shoot it. And uh, it made me realize that, uh, you know, you have to keep that in mind. And it's it's not something you want to worry about. So. Let me get your thoughts on whether or not um, shot shell manufacturers are starting to stretch the 28 gauge uh, too much, increasing its perceived capability to a point where it doesn't really even make sense. Is is a is a three inch 28 gauge shot shell um, something that we need? Um, do we need a 28 gauge turkey load? And and if so, that there then begs the question: Why not just go with a 20 gauge? Um, yeah, I've struggled with this question because I don't want to be like, you know, as I get older, I don't want to just like hate everything that's new. And so I, I thought about the three, the three inch 28 gauge a lot. Uh, first of all, I did, I hunted turkeys in Texas with, with 28 gauges. Uh, well, everybody in camp was shooting a 28 this spring and you load that with, and these were actually two and three quarter inch shells of TSS ounce and three eighths of nines. And those will kill a turkey at 40 plus yards and not it's not a hundred percent um there's no and and i did not shoot a turkey down there but a couple other people did and uh there's no doubt that is it is an effective shell my my thought about that is more like what happens when the price of tungsten gets even scarcer the chinese stop selling it to us and the shells cost 30 dollars a piece and then what do you do with your 28 gauge turkey gun but that that's a that's a side. I, I think what I've decided, my stance on the 3-inch 28 is it's what the 3-inch 410 should have been. Uh, it's, it doesn't, doesn't make it, you know, and I think uh, Gene Hill or somebody once called the 28-gauge the, the thinking man's 20-gauge, and I don't think so. I think it's the thinking man's 410 uh, because it is it is an effective, you know, you, you can do a lot of hunting with the, with the 28 and... It is not a bird wounder if you use it within reason, and um, you know it does all of the things that that a four ten, three inch four ten, which uh, and that was int- originally introduced. And Winchester came out with the model forty two for the skeet shooters, and and they, as they did that, they they thought that they needed to give the gun more appeal to everyone, and that's when when they invented the three inch twenty eight to go with it. No, three inch four ten. I'm sorry to go with that, and uh, you know, I that's not a good shell for hunting. Uh, three inch, uh, two and three quarter, or even three inch twenty eight gauge is fine. So I say I'm I'm trying to uh, 
Try not to become too much of a curmudgeon yet. There's still time for that later. <laughs> but, Phil, I mean, really, what's the point of a 3-inch 28-gauge? I mean, the only point of that is so that they can sell more ammo. Right. That's it. And, I mean, and why people, else, why, what's the point of that? But sell shoot more ammo, gauge. sell more guns. <laughs> it makes people happy. You know, I, I'm not, if someone wants to shoot ducks with a 3-inch 28-gauge, why shouldn't they? Um, you know, well, as, long as, they're not, as long as they're not losing birds, I don't. You know, I, I, that's the only reason. So that's the only reason. I mean, I don't have a problem if they want to do it as long as they're not killing, as long as they're not wounding birds. Right. But exactly. I mean, but if, for the sake of, if you want to talk, a twenty gauge would be better. And it would be. for, ballistically, a twenty gauge would be a better gun. So the whole argument that again that the twenty that there's anything superior about a twenty eight uh, falls apart. And I would think in order to, if you're going to have a three inch twenty eight gauge you're still going to have to – it's going to be a pretty heavy load, right? You're going to be pushing a bunch of lead through it, right? So um, it should we, kick yeah. – you're going, to, you're going to lose that whole – because the other thing people like so much about 28s is they don't kick very much. Right. But if you load up a 28, is it is that going to be true any longer? No. Are you going to get smacked? Um, well, maybe it's like a maybe it's like a three and a half inch twelve gauge, which you know you you own that and you never use three and a half inch shells, which is what I do with mine. That's um, right. But but you're glad you to, it, you're, you're always, you're always and... <laughs> you're always happy to know you're glad in, just in case you know you're always glad you you got that extra That's half right. inch of chamber just in case. Right. Um, but uh, and and you know I have to think that three inch twenty eight gauge shells they'll be heavy shot they'll be steel which is not going to deform in that longer shot column because the stuff is so hard or there'll be TSS. And so theoretically it should, I haven't had a chance to, to shoot those yet. I'm, I've got a, one of those new super black Eagle threes coming to me later this month. But, uh, you know, I would assume they, they pattern pretty well just because I've seen other hard shot pattern. Well, because there's not, you don't face the deformation problems. Right. Um, So, you know, if it, if it makes people happy and they're not, you know, I've had, uh, you know, and, and I do make a distinction. I've had a person tell me straight up, they like hunting pheasants with a 410 because there's more cripples and that's more fun for the dogs. And that, that's a hard no, you know, right. That, yeah. But I, I don't, you know, I don't think a 28 is that in that same category at all. I think they can be again, within reasonable range. They're not magic, but they're effective guns and they're fun to shoot. And if, if it makes people happy, I guess, you know, it's okay. And it, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to tell them they can't. I might I might encourage them to shoot a heavier gun. They can shoot better. But I'm not going to argue with them because, you know, we're supposed to be having fun here. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same – all right. I, I'm going to tell them they shouldn't. All right. I'm going right. to say no. I'm going no. <laughs> right. to say you're being misled. I'm no. saying shoot the 20. You'll kill more birds because you're not as good a shot as you think you are. I've been out with these guys who think they're great shots. They're not. They stink. All right? And the other thing, too, is that the 20-gauge, you're going to shoot the gun better because it's probably going to be a little heavier. This mm-hmm. whole, like, light gun thing about getting quick to the target, that, that's not true. Yeah. People shoot heavier guns better, so you're going to be more successful with that gun. And you t- yeah. typically, if you're more successful when you're hunting, you have a better experience. I would agree. And, you know, we actually did a, I can speak directly to that heavy gun thing, because we did a an experiment once with a stopwatch, and we had a, didn't have a 28, but we had a 20-gauge 870, and we had a 12-gauge 870, and we had a 
that same 12 gauge 870 with a bunch of weight added both to the butt stock and to the, the and one of those weighted magazine caps for it and uh and we timed people we had a straight away going away target and i think we took 10 shots each and timed how fast and how many hits and there was no contest the heavier the gun the easier it was to get on target fast try explaining that people to that to people you can't uh you can well, show yeah. them the numbers they won't believe you but it's true um you know and, and yeah it uh, makes sense and then just like in crossing shots all those types of things a heavier gun is better yeah and it is unless unless you are unless you practice a lot with a 28 and you're a good shot you're not going it's just that's how it works and again i i've been with people who most people aren't very good shots they just aren't yeah. well <laughs> and that's my that's my worry too about about this idea so the 28s about when you, especially when you're using like wild pheasants and game like that so you're talking about a bird that's that's hardy it's tough to knock down and it's typically getting out there a little before most guys are pulling the trigger and i know i've hunted those birds with 12 gauges and i've wounded them and I'm, you know, I'm as good a shot as most guys. And if you're, yeah. if I was trying to do that with a 28 gauge, it would have been even worse. At least yeah. I'd like to think I got most of my cripples, but I think uh, those birds probably would have just gotten away, you know, little lead in them and died. You know, somewhere later. And, and that's, that's a good point too, because I, yes, you can lose birds with a 12 gauge, but you don't feel when you, when you lose a bird with a 12 gauge, you don't feel like you're an idiot because you shot the bird without enough gun and it got away because you were trying to, you, you thought it would be fun to shoot a little gun at them. And that, I don't, I don't want to feel that way. So actually I do a lot of my bird hunting with 20 gauge now, but I do it, it's over a pointing dog. Most of the shots I take are close. I won't take a long going away shot at a pheasant with any gun. And, uh, but no, I, I like to know when I shoot a bird, if it flies off, it wasn't because I wasn't shooting a big enough gun. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So then is our big takeaway maybe that the 28 gauge uh, has its place, but it isn't the one gauge to replace all the rest and that there's maybe a lot of hype behind claiming that maybe it can do everything from the dove field to, um, to the duck blind. Uh, and I guess our other big takeaway is that, that Greg probably isn't going to be sent any new 28 gauge models for review. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if Rosini wants to send me one, I'd love to. I think, again, I think they're nice guns. I don't have an issue with them, and I think they really have a place. If I did a lot of quail, so I would I would shoot, for the kind of shooting I do at 28 gauge would be perfect because I hunt grouse, rough grouse, and I hunt woodcock, and I hunt over pointing dogs. I, I don't take a shot beyond 30 yards. The woods are too thick where I hunt. Uh, so I, everything I do, I could do with a 28 gauge, and most of my shooting is very quick, snap shooting i don't think the lightweight would really be would really be a hindrance i don't think yeah so i think it would be i i think it would be great for what i do if i if i shot down south i just shot quail and i shot them over pointing dogs again i think that i think that'd be fantastic and they're cool guns they're little tiny things i said that 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 b rosini or that rosini uh br110 is a really great looking gun with that black finish it's just a you know super sexy little gun and I would love to, you know, I'd love to have one to shoot one. But at the same time, I'm not taking that thing. I'm not going out to South Dakota and shooting wild pheasants with it. I just wouldn't do it. 
It's, it's not for that. And I think it's, it's, it, it, that's kind of like trying to take a, uh, you know, I'm not taking my pointers out to go waterfowl hunting in the wintertime on a lake. You know, I'm not, dog, my pointers don't do that. Right. Yeah. They just, that's not what they're for. And uh, yeah. I wouldn't expect them to do it. So. I, I tell you, I, I sometimes I've made the mistake of taking my magic 28 gauge to the five stand at my club, which is pretty testy. And the same gun that I shoot doves really well with, it just, I just struggle with that on clay targets. It's it's a whole different uh, whole different story then. So they do have their limitations. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, did we uh, did we leave anything out? Is there anything else uh, that you want to add? I have a story. Perfect. I have a, I have a 28 gauge story, which is 100 percent true. Okay. Um, well, it's about you know we we're talking about reloading. And uh, and it is true that the 28 is one of the gauges that does pay when you start reloading. But the, the hard part is collecting the hulls, which are expensive. And several years ago, I went to the private game farm of a very rich man. And it was like he had released birds. He, he had a pigeon ring. He had sporting clays course. And he had like uniformed gamekeepers. And this is like just for him. And we we drove out there to shoot sporting clays in his suburban, which was sagging in the back from the weight of all the new double A ammunition in it. And I had not brought a gun. And he said, Well, go up to the clubhouse and get one of the guest guns. And so I went up to the clubhouse, which, you know, the clubhouse is just a metal shed. It wasn't that that grandiose. But I opened up the safe and the guest guns were Parker reproductions in every gauge. They just he just sent his head gamekeeper to Jake Ways and said, "Go, you know, go buy some guns for the guests." And I looked him over, and and there was a twenty-eight gauge. And I thought, "Well, I'll shoot that. That'd be fun." And I, I brought this little Parker twenty-eight back down to the suburban, which you know the springs were groaning with all this ammunition. And he looked at me, like, and he was serious. He said, 28 gauge, huh?" And took a pouch out of the back and the, I remember the, the snap was broken so he had to tie it around my waist. He like tied it really tightly around my waist and he handed me two new boxes of, of double A's and he said, you pick every one of those empties up because they are expensive. <laughs> and he was dead serious. <laughs> oh. You know, they're not, you know, it's either 10, 12 cents a hull, I think, but, uh, you know, it's, it's also right. that reloading mindset. You know, once you, uh, and that's also how rich people get rich. Is by that's right. Costs like that. So how was shooting the Parker? You know, I shot it like terrible. It's a short little light gun, and it was the worst possible choice for sporting clays. It was a nice gun. I'm not yeah, sure I'd even right. sh- I'd ever shot 28 gauge as much before that. So I just I, I just picked it for the novelty. I thought it'd be fun, and it was a fun gun to shoot. But no, I didn't shoot very well. Phil, how long are the barrels on your Rosini? Thirty inches. Yeah. If I could have got 32, I would have done that. Yep. Getting getting that weight out front with long barrels really helps keep a moving gun on target. It does. Uh, I used to have a, my first 28 was a, a red label, which had 28-inch barrels, and it almost had that same feeling. That was a very well-balanced gun. I really liked that one. Um, like all, like most red labels, it had horrible horrible gaps between the wood and the metal and I finally decided I couldn't stand it anymore and sold it which was dumb and then I went quite a few years before my next 28 which is this Rosini which I like a lot better 
It's a terrific gun. But yeah, the long barrels make a big difference. And then that's another thing I think people need to understand or or would help them shoot these little guns is is the smaller the gauge, the longer the barrels should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think you're seeing more of that. But uh, yeah, the 30 inch barrels really make it an easy gun to shoot. Yeah, I also don't like when a manufacturer tries to skinny up a 28 gauge too much. Um, the best example that I can come up with is um, how Benelli is adding these lightweight carbon fiber ribs to a lot, if not all, of their, their 28-gauge um, semi-autos. I think that the last place that you want to get rid of weight on a light gun like that is is out in front of your hands. I would agree. That would make the gun a lot more shootable. Not as, you know, But people, people buy guns because they pick them up at the gun counter and mount them and think, this comes up fast. I love it, and they buy it. Uh, right. And and you know you sell a lot more. You sell guns that way. You sell light guns and you sell short light guns. Uh, and say some people never really realize that they could be doing better with a a longer, heavier gun. And you know I have that. I used to have that argument with people, and for I don't do it anymore because again, this is supposed to be fun, and I'm not going <laughs> to rag rag on people for their choice of guns. If it makes them happy, it makes them happy. But they could be happier, Phil, if they knew the they, truth. You, you know, but you can tell people that. You could be so much happier if only you did what I told you to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what my parents always told me. That's what I tell my Never wife all me. the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, my wife tells it, me that all the time. <laughs> it's it's just, it's not a winning argument. So. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. But I also really, I like like uh I, I like I actually I read some article it was one of those duck articles they were talking about what a joy it was to carry the 28 gauge to the duck blind and I was thinking to myself like how far away is the duck blind like is this yep. like is it 20 I, miles I, like I totally I, agree I and I, I yeah I, I read that all the time. well I carry so much if I'm walking into duck on I've got so much stuff on my back that the weight of the gun doesn't really matter. It doesn't really, it's not a very large, that extra pound is not a very large percentage of all the right. junk I'm hauling. Um, right. like, and so, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. They, they are, I did, uh, I did, have not hunted ducks with 28 yet, although I will this fall, but, uh, you know, the year I spent a year shooting a, an M2, which is like a six pound gun. And it is, it's kind of fun. I'm not, you know, I'm not, and when shots are close and everything's right, it's really kind of fun. And when shots are long and you have to swing out ahead of the target, it's not so much fun. Right. But you know, I, I, think I think for me too. Go ahead. Go ahead, Phil. No, I was oh, going to say, say uh, for me is I, I know I can get 12 gauges cheaper than 28. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I don't like 28. There is <laughs> They're that. expensive. <laughs> that is true. Um, yeah, 12 gauges are a deal. And, and they uh, – you know, and if you like used guns, which is all my guns are used because um, it's the best bang for the buck. You know, if if you don't jump on a twenty or twenty eight when it shows up, it's gone. Twelve sit yeah. there. Twelves you can get a deal on. They'll they'll be there for months, and you can lowball an offer and and get a good gun. And and for what it's worth, you can also and I used to do this a lot. You can load three quarter ounce 12 gauge loads and shoot those at targets and they are uh they will spoil you they make seven eighths ounce loads feel like they kick <laughs> right right 
Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and wrap it up from there. Um, I appreciate you both. Thanks for spending some of your time with me tonight. Great. Well, thank you. This is fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So where does that leave us? Is one a better choice? I'm not sure we settled anything. Both gauges have their merits. Each hunter needs to weigh the attributes of each gauge against their individual preferences to make an informed choice that aligns with their hunting goals and skill level. As the debate persists, one thing remains clear. Both the 28-gauge and the 20-gauge shotguns have their place in the uplands. Finally, I'd like to thank you. It's been so much fun to see this podcast grow weekly, and I appreciate each one of you that listens. I have a favor to ask. Please take a minute to rate and review the show and tell a friend about it. I have some really exciting things planned for the next few months and next year, so stay tuned in. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. And until next time, we hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Break in the Action. Want to hear your voice on a future episode? Leave a message, ask a question, or suggest a topic on our listener line at 317-662-4520. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit us at abreakintheaction.com.